When Linda Thompson first started playing pickleball, she was called one of the original Banger Sisters. Fast forward a few years, and she's now a top senior pro with a well-rounded pickleball game, including the soft shots. We talk about how to beat bangers, and also how the professional game is becoming more aggressive, so her natural attacking style is also serving her well. Let's get to the intro to hear from Linda. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, Linda Thompson. Welcome, Linda. Glad to be here. You know, I'm glad you joined today. We were talking actually just before the official podcast started about, you know, how I found you. And, and it was actually through the your win at the uh, U.S. Open 2021, your, actually your medal in the bronze women's senior pro doubles. That was must have been quite a tournament. It was. It was a strong field and we were we were pleased, you know, always they have the different format where you wish you could go back and play for gold after we lost to the gold medalists in the second round. But we had some good wins and there was definitely some strong teams in the back draw that we had to beat to get to the bronze and team we, we beat in the bronze. It was a close match and it was a good match. And so that was fun. You know, I usually do start off the podcast asking somebody about how they started playing pickleball and kind of when that was, I was just so excited about your, you, you meddling in the U S open. I forgot to. So anyways, if you want to kind of tell me the story behind that and uh, you know, just the timing of when you started to play also. Sure. I've been playing about five years now and I came to pickleball kind of the way so many people do. I played tennis as a junior played tennis at Ohio state in college and I continued playing tennis and I started playing platform tennis in my late 20s. And I played that for quite a while, was probably top eight, I think, in the country in that. Traveled all over doing that. It was great. And then my body caught up with me and I had a lot of injuries that took me out of both of those sports. And for eight years, I hadn't done anything, which was terrible because I'd just been hitting a ball my whole life. And for eight years, I couldn't do it. And then one day I heard about pickleball and I was like, hmm, the paddle's really light. The ball's really light. I think maybe I can do this. So I tried it. And as the story goes with everybody, I was addicted and that's how it started. Now that's all I do. So do you miss tennis at all? When I see tennis now, I think, oh my gosh, that court is so big. That ball is going so far. It's so bouncy. I mean, I have a lot of good memories of my years of tennis, you know, and I traveled to Europe to play and college obviously was great. But at this point, I, I really don't miss it anymore. And I think that I probably would be really bad if I tried to go and play now. Yeah, it's it's amazing how it matters, you know, if you don't do something for a while, I, I was a pretty good basketball player when I was young, but now, I mean, it's like, I can barely even put the ball in the hoop. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I kind of miss platform tennis. I don't know if it was because that was a later thing for me. It's a very creative and fun game. If you're somebody who has, you know, really good volleys, overheads and spins and can be creative. It's a really fun game, but it's much harder on your body. And I don't miss going out and playing when it's like 15 degrees and sleet or, you know, 
bad weather that we played in, no matter what the weather. Right. And, and, you know, I think you're one of the few people that I have talked to who have played platform tennis, and I don't actually know much about it. You know, it's always really clear, I think, what tennis skills transfer to pickleball. But, you know, is there anything different from platform tennis that, you know, allows you to be successful in pickleball? Well, you got to have really quick hands in platform tennis. You stand right next to the net. I mean, the court is about the size, same size as a pickleball court. Ball's heavier and harder. So your ready position is right at the net. And, you know, overheads, you got to be able to really hit different overheads. And, I mean, people who play me a lot now can are, are ready for some of my overheads, but there's a lot of times where I hit angles and they're like, what? And I'll be, I'm always like, yeah, that was a platform shot. Well, that brings up a good point. I've played a few people who have been able to hit, you know, the really good angles like you're you're talking about on an overhead. How do you how do you actually learn that? Well, I mean, it's repetitive motion. I mean, in platform, you could have at the top national level, a point could have 50 overheads in it. And, you know, you can't hit it hard because it's going to come back mm-hmm. off the wires. You have to hit spots and you have to hit, you know, certain angles that are going to come off the screens in, in ways that are going to give people problems. So, you know, I'm just able to use to, you know, use my spins and, and maybe snap my wrists certain ways that can send the ball in places that most pickleball players aren't expecting it to go. <laughs> One of the things I had saw was, I think you did a short, maybe three or four minute interview. Was it like, oh, maybe Rob, Coffee with Rob or something like that? I can't quite remember what it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I did remember something that you said. You know, you, you normally when people come from tennis, you you and you come to pick a ball, you can usually play pick a ball at a really high level. But I remember one thing she said in the interview was that you were terrible when you first started playing pick a ball. Why was that? Well, I was a terrible pick a ball player. I had good skills for tennis, but there's definitely a progression. You know, tennis players can come into pick a ball and feel pretty comfortable on the court right away because they have the fundamentals. But when you try to play that against people who have good pickleball skills, <clears throat> you, you're going to get beat. So, you know, I first came out there and I was just driving the ball and trying to <clears throat> play tennis on a pickleball court. And they would hit little drop shots and dinks and third shot drops. And I was like a fish out of water. And <clears throat> people kept telling me, you got to learn the short game. You got to learn the short game. And I was like, well, I'm beating people with power, but I found out soon enough that you can only get so far like that. And then you've got to learn the pickleball game. And then once I did that, then I stopped losing to people I (laughs) didn't think I should lose to as a tennis player. Now, how long do you think you were, or at what level did you, were you really forced to, you know, learn the entire game? I would say that I, pretty much got to 5-0 playing almost exclusively power. And it's kind of funny because people call me a banger and I was actually kind of one of the, we had a nickname. I was one of the original banger sisters and I won the U.S. Open the first year I played it at 4-0. And then the next year I played 4-5 and we ended up with bronze, same situation where you couldn't play back through to the gold. Then the next year I played 5-0 and won the gold in that. And the difference was 
once I got rated 5-0, I literally spent five months. It was winter. Like I got rated 5-0 in say October and the U S open was in April. And I spent all that time working on my short game, my soft game. I would go to play rec and I would say, okay, today I'm only hitting third shots. I don't care what I'm hitting third shots. I worked on dinking. I drilled dinking. And, and I just knew that I had to because I knew that once I got was going to play 5-0, if I stood back there and drove the ball, then they were just going to volley it back and it wasn't going to get me anywhere. That brings up a good point. I mean, since you were a banger, can you give a few tips on how to beat bangers? Because, you know, like you said, you will definitely see them at levels below 5-0. Well, I can give you a tip on that. And it's on APP TV on my video titled how to hit a banger. I mean, how to beat a banger. <laughs> it's funny that you asked that because yeah, I just did a video on that. Um, and the tips are pretty, pretty straightforward. You've got to have good volleys. I mean, I teach a lot of people and one of the first things we always get is we go to play rec play, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and everybody's just banging. And so you're teaching us a short game and thinking we go out and play and everybody's banging at us. So what do we do? <clears throat> so you've got to have good volleys because if you can volley their shots back, they're going to have to come up with something different to do. And if you can keep them on the baseline for one or two, definitely three ground strokes, most lower level players are not going to be consistently effective. They're going to get out of position. They're going to get off balance. They're going to make an error. So it's kind of like they say in football, good defense beats offense. In pickleball, good volleys beat drives. And you also have to learn to let their balls go out because that's another thing. Bangers will bang at you. If you keep hitting them, they'll just keep banging at you. If you let them go and you hit them out, when they hit them out, all of a sudden they're like, "Uh uh-oh, they're not going to hit my out balls. I got to think of something else to do. So those are a couple basic big things that you can do to take a banger out of their game. You know, I was talking to another pro actually just a a day or two ago, and she said that being able to know whether, you know, a hard hit ball like a banger will hit at you is in or out is a learned skill. How do you, how do you improve on that if that's not natural for you? I mean, it is a learned skill, and I will say tennis players have that skill a lot more just because they've seen balls going by for so, you know, I've seen balls going by since I was 12 years old. It is harder for other people. One drill I'll do with people is I just have them stand at the net, and I hit balls, and I have them tell me they don't see it without turning around. I say, tell me what that was in or out. Just try to get them to get an idea of whether they're right or wrong or whether they're perceiving it right, you know. So I'll just hit some drives and I'll be like in or out. And they'll say, you know, half the time they're wrong. But after a while, they start to kind of correlate the speed of the ball, the height of the ball, and how it's flying, if it's going to go in or out. I I like that idea of a drill. But is, is there also, you know, a rule of thumb so that, you know, if you're X height and it's coming at your head, then it's probably out. <laughs> well, I mean, they say the, the old saying is shoulder high, let it fly. And a lot of times that's true on a drive. It could be windy. 
It could be a ball that's not going quite as hard. You know, it's a good basic rule, but it's not a hundred percent true. Um, a lot of times, you know, if you're, if you're, if you've got to put your paddle up above your head to hit a ball or by your head on a drive, chances are that's going to go out. Court's not that big. Very true. So I wanted to ask you, you know, you were talking about when you're playing at their lower levels, you're playing against a banger, you want to heat hit, you know, deep volleys back to them more than likely, you know, if they're, you know, not quite as good as some other people after three shots, three, three deep volleys, you know, it's likely they're going to make, make a mistake. But what happens when you go, you know, up another level? I mean, is it, you know, just the constant, you know, volleying and or hit a deep volley or do you want to hit some other type of volley? Well, I still think the volley plays the key role because, you know, the goal in pickleball is what? To get to the kitchen line. So the receiving team has the advantage. They get to get there first to the kitchen line. And why do you want to be there? Because you get the volley. You get to take the ball out of the air, which is easier than off the bounce. There's no <clears throat> chance of a bad bounce or, you know, you're not running. You're kind of there. So you still use your volley. It just becomes maybe you've got a roll volley. You know, maybe you've got more technique on your volley. But always, if you can keep somebody on the baseline, I mean, even if you look at the pros, pro top pro players, they're not hitting more than one ball from back there. They might hit two or three from the transition zone, but they're not driving those so much. They're, they might drive them out of the air. But, you know, when you can put a volley at somebody's feet for wherever they are on the court, you're always making them hit up on the ball. So that's to your advantage as a volleyer. And what do you think about, you know, if the person is, you know, banging from the back of the court, what do you think about hitting, you know, a drought volley or, or just a volley in the kitchen? Yeah. Another point covered by my video. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people will say, why don't you just hit a drop volley? If you've got them back there, just hit it short. And it's a good thought, but it's actually a pretty hard shot to execute really well. Even at a higher level, if somebody's driving it at you and you try to do a block or a drop volley and you just don't hit it right and it goes a little bit deeper, you know, then you want it, it just invites them in. And now they're in where you had them back. Now they're in. Now you're back to neutral. If you're all at the net, it's easy to try to hit it too good and hit it in the net. And, you know, we all have Joe at our club who's perfected the drop volley, who, you know, every time you hit it to him, he's going to hit a little deep drop volley. And some people, you know, have that in their, in their tool belt, but you know, it's a pretty tough shot to hit exactly the way you want it. So I, I feel like it's better percentages for you unless you have them really scrambling or they're on their back foot to just keep them back. If they're, you know, right at the line and their drive is a drive that they're stepping into, the body weight's coming forward, they're already like kind of getting themselves forward, drop volley's not the best option because court's not that big and it's pretty easy to get to. Now, one of the things too, you know, if, if I kind of keep moving up some levels and, you know, you get to the pro level, I, I've really heard a lot of people say recently that they feel like the pro game is becoming more and more of an attack game game. And just the idea that it almost seems like there's more banging at the pro level than there used to be. Would you, would, what do you think about that? I agree. Absolutely. 
That's why I say I was a banger before my time, and now everybody told me to stop banging, and now everybody's everybody's playing the power game. I think you actually see it more on the women's side when you watch the top pro men play. They get in a lot more. They get in a lot of dink rallies. They have firefights. Their hands are also fast. You know, you don't. You might see some third shot drives, but for the most part, I feel like the men are hitting more drops and getting into dink rallies than the women. And a lot of the women, young women, open pro players are are playing like you know the waters, Annalie and Lee, just kind of a couple of feet back from the kitchen line and just ripping ripping balls out of the air. They're trying to get back up to that line. Simone started doing it too. She used to take all of her volleys out of the air in the kitchen. She used to really try to take everything out of the air. I see her stepping back a little bit. They, they're just really playing a lot of power. Hallie Smith, she's, she just hits the crap out of the ball. So are, are you kind of moving your game back in that direction too? I would say that, yeah, the senior pro game also has gotten a lot more powerful and not not hitting exclusively third shot drops, but I still say I'm over 50% third shot drops and it mixed doubles, probably even more. You know, a lot of the, the senior pro men playing mixed right now are young and fast and just all over the place. And you think you hit a drive where they can't get it and they just poach across and put it away. So you really have to have to do more drops, I feel like. I just wanted to finish up with a couple more questions. I know that you had mentioned you you teach all over the country. Tell me a little bit about, you know, where you're going to be and who you're working with. Yeah, so I teach for Level Up Pickleball Camps. I've been doing that. This is my third year with them. And it's been a great opportunity because I've gone all over the country and got to see places I, you know, place places I'd never would have seen in pickleball. And I'm used to you know, Florida. Got to go to Key West, which I'd never been to. I'm going to Bozeman, Montana this summer. And I, I started off teaching with Tyson. He was a level up pro before he went off on his own. Learned a lot from him. Newman's, Riley and Lindsay are, are with level up. So I've teach with them and just met a lot of fun people. And it's, it's kind of crazy when I go to a big tournament now, I see so many, I call them campers. I see so many campers that have come through the program and it's kind of fun. That's great to hear. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying that and getting to see different parts of the country. So to finish up then, which pickleball paddle do you use and why? Okay, I use a Selkirk Invicta. I, right now I'm still using the AMP series. I did not make the switch to the Vanguard yet, although I just, they're coming out with a, a new uh, series. They're going to debut at the Atlanta Open called the Electrify series. And I did just order a, a Vanguard of that one. And I've been with Selkirk for two, a little over two years. I like the paddle because I, I needed when the, I kind of switched to that when I was trying to switch my game up a little bit to gain some touch and control. And I already had the power. So the, the Ant series with the Honeycomb Core gave me a little more feel, a little more control and touch on my soft game. So that was why I, I switched to that. And also they're, I love, they're great guys, great company. So yeah, I've been with Selkirk for, yeah, just, just entered my third year with them. Now, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to reach out or, you know, have you do a, a camp or a clinic, where's, where's the best place to, 
do that. I can be reached through my Facebook. I don't have a dedicated pickleball Facebook page, but I'm I'm on on there as Linda, well, my maiden name, Linda Sonby Thompson. And if you put pickleball in, it'll come up. You know, I can be reached through Messenger. I have Instagram. I have obviously Facebook, and I have a business card <laughs> that I can give people. But I I don't have a dedicated like website or pickleball page for myself on Facebook. Right. Well, I, I actually did find you through your Facebook page. So like you said, I think if people, you know, put in your name and then pick a ball afterwards, it, it does actually pop right up. Yeah. Well, all right. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Pickleball Fire podcast. I really enjoyed the discussion and kind of going deep into how to beat bangers. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Away to... my secrets. That's the thing. It's like, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to tell everybody what they needed to do, but I decided it was time. Well, all right. Well, I appreciate that. And I know the audience will. So thanks again. All right. Thanks for having me. Great. And thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 